0: hello guys welcome to reforming our faith this is not my first podcast episode but it is reforming our faith's first podcast episode i'll touch on that later listen i want to warn you guys now i live in a hispanic household y'all are going to hear some conversations in the back some doors some up and down the stairs some pets i have a very loud dog and a very vocal bird but listen we're here gathered here talking all things Jesus, okay, transforming, reforming, growing in the things of God, so you know what, (laughs) we're just gonna have to look past the background noise, the occasional background noise, but I just wanna, I do wanna say I'm sorry if it gets annoying, but anyhow, what I was saying was, I had a podcast episode, I mean, sorry, whoa, I had a podcast before this called Talking to the Moon, if you know me personally, you know, also, if you follow the Talking to the Moon Instagram, you probably know because I completely renovated... I don't know. I completely changed it for reforming our faith. So if if you're wondering where the changes came from, that is it. Uh, I, I made that podcast when I was still very lukewarm. And don't get me wrong, I, I loved Talking to the Moon. I, I genuinely did... A lot of people, you know, reached out to me with positive feedback about talking to the moon, the advice I gave. But because I was lukewarm, I was cussing like a sailor all the time, which is something that I, you know, want to overcome. I don't want to keep doing that. I want to keep cussing. So it's just like, I don't know, it just didn't resonate or align or just... I was having trouble connecting with the podcast because although I gave a lot of good advice, again, I I never tied God into that advice. And now I'm at a point in my life where all the advice I give has to do with God. So sure, I could have kept doing it there, but I just felt like I needed a clean slate. And I I started a YouTube channel, but listen, I'm a podcast girl at heart. Like nothing will ever change that. I, I love podcasting. I could be in bed in my PJs with my stuffed animals. Y'all would never know. Well, now you know, but whatever. YouTube, you got to edit it, and it takes hours. And listen, this is raw. It's uncut. I I talk for as long as I can straight. You know what I'm saying? Um, It's more genuine, you know? So anyways, I'm back. I'm back podcasting, but better than ever, because this time Jesus is involved. But uh, I I felt like there was no better way to start this new podcast, you know, besides talking about anxiety, because that is the biggest part of my testimony, I think, or one of the biggest things of my testimony. We'll talk about the other things on other episodes, but this is something that I, I don't want to say have, had struggled with for many, many years, because now that I've come to Christ, the way that I handle my anxiety and cope with it is so different than I had since I was a kid. But when I tell you guys, this is this is something that's been prevalent in my life since I was in pre-K. And, and I'm going to talk about my testimony. We're going to talk about some scripture, all that stuff. But I want to start with my testimony on it because I think it'll help a lot of people feel less alone. I grew up in a family where no one other than me really struggled with mental health. And if they did, it was, you know, obviously very, you know, maybe mild or moderate. I was the, uh, and I was also the youngest. So we're we're just going to get right into it, right? So I am the youngest of three half-siblings, two from my dad's side, one from my mom's side, although I don't like calling them half-siblings because I do not care they are my siblings completely, but just for context, right, my brother, my half-brother from my mom's side is eight years older than me, the half-brother from my dad's side is 10 years older than me, and my sister is much older than my, than both of them, right, so when I came along, I was, everybody had baby fever, okay, I was, I was very much spoiled for sure, and everybody was just in love with me, you know, like, and, you know, especially my parents, because they came together to then have me. And then I had two older brothers that were so infatuated by me and and grandparents that, and I'm so grateful for that. And I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like that plays a big role in feeling guilty when you have and struggle with anxiety, because well, we'll actually we'll get to that, right? Hold on. So, I was very, very attached to my parents, mind you, because they both had kids, but they were much, they were already older, and my, my two brothers are very close in age, so they immediately hit it off, forgot about their own parents, they were always together, and I was the annoying little sister, right, so I was always parents, 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 parents. My dad was always the worker, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, so I, I was always with my mother, I was, I, I slept with my parents, and up until I was actually, I'm exposed myself, in about, I think, sixth grade, and this all started, listen, when I went to pre-K, and this is how long I've had anxiety, y'all, I've had anxiety since pre-K, pre-K, that's what, like, three years old? Um, Obviously, I came from a home that, you know, I took my night nap times, where I was most comfortable, when I was most comfortable, you know, I, I always ate with the family, or like, well, you know, with my grandma, my mother, you know, as Hispanic, most Hispanic households are, my grandma used to live with, uh, with me. And so growing up, it was always, I was very nurtured, right? So when I went to pre-K for the first time, I felt a lot of fear. You know, why am I, you know, they have scheduled nap times, scheduled eating times. And I would tell my mom, mom, I don't want to sleep here. This is not my home. I'm not comfortable. I was scared, you know, as most, I feel like a lot of kids are, right? But then one day, you know, I was eating and they took away my food And I, you know, to my little pre-K brain, that was the biggest deal in the world. I started crying. My mom had to pick me up. I never wanted to go go back there again. So one day my mom, you know, tells me, oh, if you keep, you know, doing this and that, whatever, I'm going to take you to school. She knew I didn't like school, right? I pass out. Straight cold pass out. My eyes roll to the back of my head. I I pass out. Terrifying. Whatever. That ends up, you know, turning into a big thing. And my doctor tells my parents, hey, like, that's not normal she's too young and if that keeps happening not enough oxygen is gonna get to her brain and something might happen to her like she's too young to be dealing with panic attacks like that so they told me they told my parents right that she can't go back to school she has a phobia of school a literal phobia of school right they wanted to send me to a psychiatrist uh but my parents obviously I was so young that they were like she'll grow out of it she'll get over it whatever as I feel like most parents would do, though, because, you know, you just think that your kid has separation anxiety. They'll get over it, right? Uh No, <laughs> I didn't get over it. So what happened after that was, you know, kindergarten rolled around. I'm sorry, I just realized. I say you know a lot. I just, listen, talking to yourself, you don't hear anybody responding to you. So I'm, like, talking to a wall right now. So I might say that a lot. I'm sorry. But anyways, kindergarten comes, and every single day, I, I cried I would literally cry I think I was uh, listen I think pre-k is what a couple hours like three hours I don't think I ever made it past the whole three hours <laughs> I think I always cried and my parents always had to pick me up or I just cried from start to finish so a lot of the times my mom as soon as my mom would pull out of the driveway to take me to pre-k I mean not pre-k sorry I skip pre-k for obvious reasons every time my mom pulled out of the driveway to take me to kindergarten I would stick my hand down my throat and try to make myself throw up I would cry it was just really bad now you would think that that would stop after kindergarten and it didn't so it continued on until I I think obviously I stopped trying to make myself throw up and stuff but uh I would cry every day in homeroom all of my elementary school and a lot of people could you know uh, are witnesses to that a lot of people from my town remember me because of that because you know a lot of people that I grew up with in my elementary school there's three elementary schools in where I live and everybody from my elementary school knows and remembers that I used to cry during the homeroom for like four years five years straight obviously when fifth grade came around I at that point wasn't doing all the extra stuff but I the week before school obviously was horrible for me I would not eat I couldn't sleep I would just be panicking eventually a couple weeks into school I by the time I was in fifth grade I I had to get over it you know and I think I think it was like third grade when I started to get over it after like a two months or so after being in school so like third and fifth grade I mean third no I think fourth and fifth grade were a little bit easier but five straight years of of that And, and you learn in psychology that those are very important ages because I was around like 4 to 6, right? Those are extremely important ages. And by the time I went around into middle school, I was self-harming by the time I was in 6th grade. It was so much anxiety, so much fear, so much so much things and and that's a that's a really young age to not you know be living in the, you know, rainbows and butterflies world and unicorns and it's sad, and, and it's very, very sad. And, and I know that I wasn't the only kid that goes through that, and that's why I, I want to talk about this, right? So sixth grade, you go into middle school. Mind you, these are the years that you're getting to know you. These are the the years that you're, you're building by yourself, pretty much. I never had that. I, I lived in so much fear for five years, being so scared to be separated from my parents and whatnot that, I didn't have a sense of self, I I didn't have an identity, I didn't know God, so I didn't have an identity in God. So listen, if someone in front of me was saying that their favorite color was purple, I was gonna say my favorite color is purple. And if the person behind me said it was red, I was gonna say mine was red too. And think about what that does in friendships, you know, because if someone was talking to me about someone else, I was gonna agree with whatever they were saying, if it meant them accepting me. And then I would lose a friendship because of that. And it was just so many things in my and I will be honest, a lot of my middle school years and military and well, elementary school years are a blur to me because I was it was a lot of I guess trauma in a way. And obviously it was not this big thing and I'm very and I'm very fortunate. I'm very grateful obviously for where I live, the parents that I had and you know but still it was a lot of a lot of fear for a little kid to have and eventually the anxiety morphed into depression I had very very bad depression because I felt like obviously everybody knew that I didn't have a sense of self everybody knew I didn't have any personal opinions right so that led to a lot of bullying a lot of and and I listen I wasn't at a place in my life where I could handle that you know because I was like what am I doing wrong I'm I'm trying to be the most likable person I am, you know, but I was focused on the wrong thing. I was focused on the wrong approval. And so those years were crazy. And, and I will say I wish I could tell you more about those years, but a lot of it is a blur. But I remember that. I remember f- trying to find acceptance in, 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 the, in the wrong place and losing so many people because of that. And it and it came to a point where I was so depressed, I was so numb that the only way and so full of self hatred because I I just didn't feel enough, and the reason I didn't feel enough, was because I didn't know my value and my worth, to God. Jesus died on that cross for me. That's that's my value, and I don't even deserve it. But He did it. Jesus died for me, but I didn't know that. I didn't know Jesus, and that and that's the thing. I I had a brother that was Christian and great-grandparents and 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 so I I knew God but I didn't have a relationship with God and it came to a point where the enemy had deceived me so bad that I was like wow if if God loved me so much why am I suffering so much when a lot of it was inflicted a lot of it was self-inflicted and I'll get into that when I talk about the Bible verses but I was worrying about the wrong things. And if I would have just focused my eyes on Jesus, everything would have been so different. Right? So we go into high school. And at that point, I had gotten to my first, I say this in air quotes, relationship. Because I was only 14. I don't—I—I I now, as an 18-year-old, almost 19, I don't consider it as a relationship. Nor do I consider it love. Because God is love. And there was no God in the center of that so-called relationship. But at that time of my life, I never thought I was going to make it to 16. I was 110% sure at that point in my life that I wasn't going to make it to 16 and I was going to make sure of it. I got into my first relationship, again, air quotes. Now I look back at it, it was more of like a first attachment more than it was a relationship. But it was the first time that I thought. I had felt love and thought that I had it felt accepted. And that feeling made me completely lose focus on my f- thought of not making it to the 16. Now, although it ended eventually, like a year in advance it had ended, I, w- I was dedicated to feeling a love like that again. Mind you, the relationship wasn't subsided in rainbows. But, you know, I had felt love even if it meant a couple of months or whatever. So I, I, want, or I thought, so I wanted that again. But then I got lost in drugs. And I got lost in going out and, and doing worldly things, right? And I thought I was going to find it there. So first, I thought I, had, I was going to find satisfaction in a relationship. didn't work. Then I tried to find satisfaction in drugs. didn't work. And the reason I, I hid behind drugs, and, and I want to, listen, I, I only smoked marijuana, right? But the reason that I did that was because I felt like it got rid of my anxiety. It numbed me. And, and that is the reason why I self-harmed in middle school, because it numbed me. And that was my new way, my new thing of self-harm. I, I 100% agree and believe that drugs, alcohol, and all those things are self-harm. They are self-harm. So that was my new way of self-harm. And I was stuck in that cycle, I think, until I was a junior. And I had this rude awakening, right? Something happened to me that just completely made me realize, I I need to change. This is not doing me any good. And, and I kind of look back at young me and I, I was like, I deserve better so much better and it was weird because the thing with anxiety is that if you if you struggle with it a lot of the times you feel guilty for struggling with it and that's what's crazy to me you know that was something that I dealt with in middle school because obviously I was surrounded by other little kids right so when I would try to speak out about what I had felt Everybody would tell me, oh, well, you have a nice house. Oh, well, your parents aren't divorced, so what are you so worried about? What are you so stressed about? Or, you know, adults would tell me, you're like a kid. Like, go have fun, go play with Barbies, you'll be fine. So it made me feel like I was, I I think, crazy. Like, I had no right to feel the way that I felt. So not only was I struggling with anxiety, but I was struggling with guilt. You know, why am I feeling this way? What am I doing that that I'm... Why? What did I do to deserve this? What... Why am I feeling this? I feel like I haven't done wrong by anyone to be feeling this way. What could I have possibly done wrong at my age, like three years old when I first had my first panic attack that would lead to this? Because that's where it started. Yeah, it started with separation anxiety. But then it leaked into other things in my life. My social anxiety, other fears, other anxieties, other worries. It was an everyday thing. And I felt alone. And then I felt guilty for feeling the way that I felt. And that's what the enemy was doing. Keeping me in that cycle, keeping me in that loop. He didn't have to check on me for years. Y'all are hearing this? Listen, I saw a video once that says what the enemy does, he's not omnipresent. He's not like God. He's not everywhere and anywhere all at once, right? He could only be a one place at one time. So what he does is he places something on you. He puts you in a cycle, right? Whether that be an addiction, whether that be a mental health thing, whatever it may be, he places you in a cycle so he can leave you there and you got the rest on your own. You got the rest on you'll take care of the rest. He'll put you in the cycle, you'll do the rest. And I and that's that's another thing. I think we give the devil way too much credit. We give the devil way too much credit. A lot of the things we do, we do to ourselves too. A lot of the things that we do, we do to ourselves too. He is not as powerful as we think he is. He's a coward. That's what he is. And I'll say that with my chest. He is a coward. So I was in this cycle and I I was bound, you know, And, and that's what's crazy. Jesus freed me on that cross. And it's like I walked right back to the chains and put them right back on my wrists. That's what we do. That's what we humans do. We are no longer bound because of what Jesus did on that cross but we walk back and put those chains around our wrists and our ankles when we do things like this. Right? Whatever. So something something had happened to me my junior year and what's crazy is God was with me and because of what happened to me though, I I felt like I didn't deserve him. Because of that, it was a rude awakening, right? And I was like, "Wow." why was he so good to me why was he so merciful with me i didn't deserve that there's no way so i'm not accepting it i didn't feel worthy enough for his forgiveness and his mercy that i then took things into my own hands i tried to get revenge on myself for the wrong all of the wrongdoing i had done toward god what if god forgave me who am i to say i cannot be forgiven and I, I was crazy. And I feel like a lot of us do that. A lot of us do that. We, we don't feel worthy. But that's what makes God God. That's what, make, that, that's what makes what Jesus did so big. We don't deserve what he did. We don't deserve the suffering he took up on that cross. But he did it anyways. That's what makes God, God. That's what makes his sacrifice, his sacrifice. That's what makes it so big. So if he is to say that we are forgiven, we are no longer bound, who are we to say otherwise? That's insane, right? So then I get lost in the crystals. This is going to heal me. This is going to do this. This is going to do that. And I'll get into that testimony another time. And then I I started to live a lukewarm life, right? I was talking about the things of God, and I knew God more than I knew Him before. But I knew of Him more than I did before. But I didn't know Him in the way that I had a relationship with Him. So that was around June 2021, where I let go of the crystals. I threw all those things away. And my Bible remained closed, though. For, I would say, what, maybe like that was June 2021, right? So I opened my Bible for the first time. I mean, obviously, I had read a couple of verses here and there. If I heard a verse online, like things like that. But really sat down and got into my word January of this year, January 2023. So that's a good, yeah, like two years ish, almost two years. So what happened there is that I had only given God 50%. And we know what he says in Revelation, right? We know, yeah, what? <laughs> we know what he says. If you're lukewarm, he will spit you right back out. So, it was so many months of that that I was like, yo, I want 100% of God, not just 50, you know? But that was the first time in so many years recently, January of 2023, that I have lived peacefully. Peacefully. Because let me tell you, that's what God's will is for us. Peace. Not anxiety, not fear, not doubt, not worry. And I'm going to tell y'all what makes it so different because I said in the beginning of this episode that it's still something that I occasionally slip and I and I, you know, still struggle with here and there. But I'm going to tell you guys what makes it different, right? Where, why, when it started was when I, when I was a kid, right? It had progressed over the years. And as years went by, the more I was drowning in my anxiety and my doubt and my fears and my worries it affected my relationship with my parents it, it hurt them you know it, think about it your kid is going through something you don't know what to do all you could do is pray and hope that it'll all be okay but it, it must hurt as a parent it's something that I can't I can't put myself in those shoes because I'm not a parent but I can only begin to imagine how much it hurt them so it hurt them it hurt it hurt me it hurt my relationship with friends and growing up right But let me tell you why anxiety isn't a thing of God and why we can and should surrender to Him. So like I said, there are occasional times where I might get a little anxious, where I will think a little bit in advance, where I'm way too many steps ahead of myself. But now I am 110% aware that that's not my job. God's plans for me are only for good. He has no plans to hurt me. Listen to me, if he if he has never failed you, why would he start now? And that mentality has completely changed everything. Do I still struggle with worry sometimes? Yes. Do I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel? Yes. When I, Like I said, I there was a point in my life where I never, ever thought I was going to make it at 16. And when I was drowning in my fears and my anxieties and my worries, I didn't see a light. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. But now I know that God, Jesus, he used that light at the end of the tunnel. I don't need to worry because he's got me. The life of a Christian isn't easy. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we're going to live... Easily, you know, we're going to be persecuted more. The devil is going to be on our butts more. He's going to be more, I guess you could say, persistent. But that doesn't matter because God's bigger than that. Like I said, we give the enemy way too much credit. We give the enemy way too much credit. So what's so different now about the anxiety that I struggle with and the anxiety that I struggled with back then is that I was just so bound, to it. That was my identity. That was that was who I was. I was an anxious mess. It took me opening my eyes and realizing, "No, I am not an anxious mess. I'm a child of God. That's what I am. I'm a child of God." I am someone Jesus died on that cross for. So these these anxious thoughts, these little worries, the little gremlin, the enemy sent on my shoulder to whisper little lies to me, he got nothing on my God. Hello? No. I'm free now. And and sure, I get anxious sometimes. But best believe I'ma armor myself with the armor of God. And I'ma stand firm. Because when the enemy is persistent with his little lies, when the enemy is persistent with his anxiety, I'ma fight back. Okay? I'ma fight back. That is something I never did before. I let him have me. I let him consume me with his little lies. Not nah, no more. When he told me, oh, smoke a little weed, it'll go away. It'll make you numb. You'll be okay. I used to listen. Now, when he tries to whisper those little lies to me, I say, no, 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 no. <laughs> Wrong woman of God. Wrong child of God. And I get it from the source. I don't try to brush my anxiety under the rug. No, I, I, I take it out from the root. That's what's different now. And the reason why, before I'm going to read some Bible verses before we close this out, but the reason that I wanted to tell y'all this is because, first of all, you're not alone. And no matter how many years you've struggled with anxiety, God is waiting for you. He's knocking at that door. God is knocking at that door, ready to take you in His arms, ready to heal you, ready to give you peace. Let Him do that for you. Because even if you've had anxiety, like I said, I was three years old. Even if you filled him, even if you went and doubted him, even if you went and hurt yourself, even if you went and did drugs and whatever, he has forgiven you. There is hope for you in Jesus. It is not too late. Don't feel guilty. Don't feel. Don't let the enemy put you in the chains of guilt. Don't let him drown you in guilt. I have a whole video on YouTube. Well. It's a Q&A, but I did talk about the difference between conviction and guilt, okay? Your identity is in God, not what you struggle with. Your identity is in God, not in your anxiety or your depression, okay? So listen, we're going to get into some Bible verses, but I want to first tell you guys, you need to read this book by Joyce Myers. It's called, I, hold on, it's... Uh, I think the an- okay the answer to anxiety right I started reading this I'm only in the intro and wow 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 I actually even took some verses from it because it's beautiful and we're going to do a little bible study okay we're going we're going to dive deep in these verses okay so first let's go Isaiah forty don't be afraid for I am with you don't be discouraged for I am your God I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you up Psalms 55, 22, give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. Like I said earlier, if He has not failed you, why would He start now? Right, another one that I another one I love. Right, and I need y'all to listen. I have a lot of long Bible verses. Right, but there's a guys. When I tell listen, if you don't believe me, open the Bible app, and search up anxiety the amount of bible verses literally like giving you peace telling you not to worry telling you not to be afraid telling you to have courage that god is your strength you think you think that wasn't intentional hello the amount of times god's goodness is mentioned in the bible Wow, there's a reason why he tells us we should not be afraid because we shouldn't. There's a reason why he tells us not to worry because we shouldn't. If it was impossible for us not to worry, why would he? That's something that, that Joyce Meyer says in her book. Why would Jesus say, not, don't worry if it's impossible not to worry? No, he says it because it, it is it is possible. It is possible to surrender your burdens to the Lord. He says, I will take care of you. Have faith in that. Now, let's talk, right? This is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 11, right? Verse 6 through 11, New Living Translation. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. He cares about the God of the universe, cares about you. Continuing, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world there well, sorry, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore support and strengthen you and he will place you on a firm foundation all power to him forever amen he cares about you but he warns you stay alert as we know the devil comes to steal kill and destroy he literally says he's like a roaring lion prowling for someone to devour that is literally what anxiety does to you it devours you it consumes you it consumes you it drowns you in its lies it drop like he's literally telling us yo after you suffer for a little while he restores supports and strengthens he needs to rebuild God needs to restore, He needs to rebuild. That's what Jesus does. So give the broken pieces to him, and he will restore. He will rebuild stronger and better than ever. He is your strength. Moving on to the next um verse. And this is Jesus, right? This is lit, guys. Please listen to me. This is Jesus' words. Jesus' word Sermon on the Mount. This is a long one. Matthew 6:25 to 34. New Living Translation once again. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in, in barns or f- well, for your Heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Anxiety adds nothing to your life but takes so much from it. that not crazy to you? Continuing. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon and all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you Well, sorry. Why do you have so little faith? So do not worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Guys, he knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Why are we worrying 10 years in advance? Like, that's what, listen, when I'm worrying about something, that's literally what I tell myself. Why am I worrying about something that I, I literally don't know? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't let alone what's going to happen a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. We don't know. Don't let the enemy dangle that uncertainty in front of your face. Focus your eyes on God and say, yo, he's got me. He's leading me. He's guiding me. I don't I don't care what the devil is trying to put in my head. Things that I'm uncertain about. Uncertainty is okay. You want to know why uncertainty is okay? Because God is certain. You may be, you may not be certain on what's going to happen tomorrow, but you know what you are certain of? That God is going to handle it. That's your certainty. You don't need any certainty outside of that. You don't. You don't. Because that's the thing. When we're searching for certainty, when we're worrying, when we have anxiety, we're literally leaning on our own understanding. Why? Why? God's got it. Why? Why are we worried? Right? Continuing. Another Bible verse. John 16, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Fast forward. I mean, sorry, backtrack. John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Don't be. Tr- How many times? Like, this is what? Like, three, four Bible verses already? No, I think it's more than that, like five or six. How many times does he have to tell us not to worry and not to be afraid until we actually listen to God? To not worry, to not be afraid. How many times do we got to hear him say it until we literally believe it? How many times? Okay. Listen, a song that I love because it, it like I said in um Matthew to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Elevation worship. This is the kingdom. It says, seek first the kingdom and all will be added. That's that's a lyric from the song. First seek the kingdom of God and nothing outside of it will matter. Everything else will fall into place. So let's... Okay. One of my favorite... One of my favorite chapters of the Bible, books of the Bible, is Philippians for anxiety. One of my favorites. There's a lot, obviously. But one of my favorites because... Philippians 4 4 through 9 and 11 through 13, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything, instead of pr- instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, to dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you have learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you not that i have ever, and listen this is this is what's great like guys please listen to this listen to what what paul is saying not that i was ever in need for i have learned how to be content with whatever i have i know how to live on almost nothing or with everything i have learned to live with almost nothing with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is full with whether it is with a full stomach or an empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything to through Christ who gives me strength. One more time. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. If he is our strength, why are we worried? Listen, I'm I'm gonna keep repeating this to you. Why are you worried? Why are you worried? Why are you worried? Because every time you have anxiety, ask yourself, why am I worried? And I, guys, I promise you, almost every single thought will come like will come up with but it's cause what if? It's cause what if? I'm worried because what if? What if? I'm scared because what if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? there is no what if there is God. Let him take care of the what if. Trust in him. Continuing. Joshua 1 nine Again, all these are New Living Translation, by the way. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If he is always with us, again, why are we worried? Continuing. These this, the, I, I want to do another song lyric, right? because this is one one of my favorite songs. I swear I, I promise you guys every single time I hear this in church, I cry. Undoubtedly, I cry. Okay? Like it, it does it for me every time. And I think listen. It's it's just the the, the whole song is powerful. Listen to the whole song, but I'm going to just quote two of the lyrics in it, right? This is more than able by again Elevation Worship, but obviously there's other worship uh groups that sing this song but more than able it says who am i to deny what the lord can do and the and that's one thing right but the song starts out with the with the words when did i start to forget all of the great things that you did when did i throw away faith for the impossible how did i start to believe that you weren't sufficient enough for me sufficient enough for me why do i talk myself out of seeing miracles you are more than able the whole song is beautiful you all go listen to the to more than able by Elevation Worship or any worship group. More than able is beautiful. But that's what anxiety makes us do. Doubt the miracles of God. Doubt the works of God. Doubt how big God is. Doubt how good the goodness of God. That's what it does. Why are we doubting him? He is a more than able. He can move mountains. The sea was parted. Hello? Y'all are hearing me? The storm calmed. He calmed the wind and the waves. Jesus calmed the wind and the waves. And you think he can't. Huh? Huh? I'm going to just let that sink for a second. You think that he can calm a whole storm, winds and waves. But you don't think he he could calm the storm in your life? You think the storm in your life is so big he can't calm it? No, 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 no. He is so big, bigger than any storm. Not me, you, or any well, any anyone else in this world is ever going to face. Who are you to deny what the Lord can do? He is more than able. Another Bible verse: Second Timothy, one seven, um, one, chapter one, verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timid, timidity. Timid, timid, okay. <sighs> but of power, love, and self-discipline. Sorry. I Listen, I have read so much Bible verses. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and listen, I'm going to tell y'all. Um, If you come from TikTok, you're going to know if you've ever been name a name at TikTok Live. Everybody makes fun of me. I read like a kindergartner. I'm sorry. Bear with me. Bear with me. Okay. Anyways, what I was getting to at the, with that Bible verse before my illiterness, illiterateryness, <laughs> the fact that I can't read, the fact that I'm illiterate—that that's the word that I was, whatever, getting at. Before that interrupted us. Anxiety is not His will for us, like Second Timothy says. Okay, He is. He has not given the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self discipline. The power of fear was given by the devil. No, not the power, sorry. The spirit of fear was given by the devil. And it has no power against us because we are armored by the... Well, we are armored with the armor of God. Sorry. Tongue twister there. Now, I want to close this out with one of my favorite verses because I want to close this out with... Listen, anxiety, when it comes down to it, is spiritual warfare. Right, and let me read this Bible verse before I get into that because I want to touch on what anxiety is in the spiritual world. A final word be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are fighting against, sorry, sorry, whoa, whoa. so f- for, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> for we are not, we are not not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Ephesians six ten through 12. And continue on that Um, in Ephesians 6. Keep reading it. It's beautiful. It talks about the armor of God. But the reason why I put that in there is because your anxiety is not... An enemy of flesh and blood. We know that. It's spiritual warfare. And spiritually, anxiety and depression, it's not just, oh, I'm worried. It's not, oh, I'm sad. It's something spiritual. It's an enemy that is not flesh and blood. It's a spiritual enemy of the unseen world that is attached to you. That is attacking you, per se. Doesn't you know, attached, attacking, whatever, right? It's present there, and it is our job to armor ourselves with the armor of God and battle those things. And not only for us, but and and listen, for God, of course, but also for your kids. General, general, listen. Generational curses exist. Overcome your anxiety because Jesus overcame the world. Okay? Jesus overcame the world. So don't be stressing and worrying about the things of this world. He overcame the world. Put on the armor of God and battle your anxiety face to face. Be courageous. Do not be afraid for he is with you everywhere you are. Everywhere you go, He is with you. He is your strength. You can do anything in Him and through Him because He is your strength. Christ is your strength. Now, I'm going to end this now because this episode is now 46 minutes long. But listen, I want to end this on this note. If anybody is listening that has or is struggling with anxiety, you are not alone. You are not the only one battling this, this spirit of the unseen world, this enemy of the un- unseen world. You're not the only one fighting against it. You are not alone. You are with God. And there are many brothers and sisters in Christ that have struggled or are struggling with the same thing, but you will be okay. I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but you will be okay. Because no storm, no mountain, no ocean is too big, For Jesus to part, to overcome, to calm, to move. Don't deny what the Lord could do because he's more than able. Okay? Seek the kingdom and everything else will fall into place. Let him be your peace. He wants to be your peace. And I said this earlier in the episode, but he's at that door knocking, ready to take you in his arms and give you his peace. Let him give you that peace. You deserve it. Like I said earlier, that's what makes God God. That despite the fact that we feel him and we hurt him and we let him down, we disappoint him, he still died on that cross for us. That's what makes what he did so big. That although we are undeserving, he feels us worthy. Despite where we fall short, he loves us. So he he, he knows and he feels that we're worthy and deserving of his love. When, and and we, really, we really aren't. We really aren't worthy of those things. But his love is so unconditional. His love is so big. His love is so beyond us that although we know that we don't deserve it, he says, I don't care. Yes, you do. You're worthy. Because you are, you are my child. That's what makes God, God. But I, I'm, I'm going to end this here. And I just I just want to let you guys know, please, you're not alone. If you ever want to reach out to me, either if you listen. I don't know if you're listening to this and you know me personally, reach out. If you follow me on TikTok, DM me. If you follow me on Instagram, DM me. If you're listening to this and you don't follow me, you could follow me on my socials. Um, on the... To- um, oh... Whoa, did y'all hear that? I almost said Talking to the Moon um, podcast. I I almost said my own podcast name, my own podcast Instagram. Hello? Sorry. You can follow me on Instagram at Reforming Our Faith or at Genesis Rivera. Two eyes in the Rivera, though. That's com- that's more complicating than Reforming Our Faith, though. So I-, I just recommend if you don't follow me already, follow me on Reforming Our Faith and feel free to reach out to me at any time. Um... I'm praying over you guys, I love you guys and keep being strong again, don't be discouraged, don't be afraid for God is with you um, and I love you guys and I hope that if you made it this far you know, you enjoyed it, I hope that it touched your heart and you know you could and, and listen if you feel like there's someone in your life that it could touch their heart to reach out to them send this to them because I, I will say as someone who struggled with so much anxiety and you know my brother was always there for me and I I don't think I could ever thank him enough um and it took a while but he never gave up on me so if there's someone in your life struggling with anxiety struggling with depression and you're planting the seed and and you're you feel like they're not listening again don't be discouraged okay don't be discouraged my brother never gave up on me and listen I have come so far I have come so far because God is so big okay so I hope this touched your heart. And if there's anyone that you think it could touch their heart, send, send this to them. Um, Because I'm so grateful. No, but like my brother didn't give up on me. I'm so grateful. I had no one that gave up. Um, I, what, what? I had someone who wouldn't give up on me. So be that person for someone else. I, I encourage you to be that person for someone else. Anyways, I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. I love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. And I'll see you guys in the next one.